Uh, I'm glad you're here today, and it's a joy to worship the Lord together. Thanks for leading us, you guys. Appreciate your team and the work that you guys put into this. I know it's a lot, and uh, it's a pleasure to allow you to lead us in worship. Just a couple of things that I want to just take care of. First of all, when you came in this morning, you should have got one of these. Um, we do have several needs in our children's ministries. And I encourage you, if you're not involved already in a ministry, that you're really missing out. It's a joy to be part of a ministry. And so take this out. Pray about being involved. And here's what I want you to do. It will come up later on in our service. But I'm going to ask Bill Grove. He's one of the tallest men in the room. Okay, you stay right there for now. But after the service, Bill's going to be right over here at this middle this middle column. He's going to be the collector of these cards. Thanks for doing that, Bill. Okay. He had lots of notice. Um, so hand that to Bill when you're going out today. Pray about how the Lord would have you to be involved. Last week, we uh, started into a chapter six of Ephesians. And just by way of reminder, I want to remind you of, of ch- for children and teens in the area, in the room that is, that you, as you are Obeying your parents and honoring your mother and your father, you're looking through the lens of, we really refer to this window as that, and, oh, thank you, honey. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. You Remember last week I had that cold? Yeah, nothing helps, nothing helps like a cup of tea. You know, it just, there's something about a cup of tea that just really helps when you have that sore throat and, you know, it's just so soothing, Really, you can learn a lot from a cup of tea. We'll get back there in just a moment. But So we had our window, and we were saying children need to look through their parents and see the Lord. And when you honor your father and mother, it's a way for you to be honoring your Lord. Well, today we're going to take it from the other side. We're going to talk to parents. And the same challenge applies. Parents, as you look at your children, you need to look through the window as well. And you don't see your kids. You see the Lord. See, as you are living with your children and and pouring into them, you're not looking to them for the response. You're not looking for them for the encouragement. You're not looking to them for the the keep-going-ness. You look to the Lord. You know, parenting is funny. Do you mind if I do you mind if I have a cup of tea? Is that all right with you guys? You know, would you believe I have 79 years of experience in parenting? You didn't know I was that old, right? 79 years of parenting experience. Four kids, do the math. Between my wife and I, that's like Twice that amount. I can't know what the number is right now. But the thing about parenting is this. The thing I've observed is it may be the one area in life. Maybe not the one, but it's one that many of us walk through. Where what is inside of you, what is in your heart, what's in your mind, what is in your soul, pressed out. Isn't it, parents? You know, when your children, when they rebel against you, when your kids, when they, incur, when they do things that, that please your heart, what is in your heart like a tea bag? It's 
stressed out. It's the effect that parenting has in your life. It reveals what is inside. Because that's really what all suffering and all of life does. If you're a parent today, I want to encourage you. I want you to realize that God is in you if you're in him. And what will come out of you is the overflow of your heart, yes. And he wants to work on that. He wants to work on that today. And so whatever you feel about your parenting experience, because this is the one area in life where it is easy for someone in my position. What is that, orange? Is that right? Yeah, that's good. It's someone in my position to really harm and hurt. I could say some things right now in the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that could do great damage to your soul and your heart. And I know that. So I want to be careful. And I want us to look to God and his word. So open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. If I go to my next slide, I spent some time this week thinking about what does the Bible have to say about parenting. And the interesting thing was revealed to me as I looked at it. I did a, a basically a Bible search for what does the New Testament say about parenting. Now, just follow through with this. If you can see these numbers, this is very interesting. I searched two places for information about parenting in the Bible. First, I went to Amazon. You know Amazon, right? And did a search for Bible parenting. Over 5,000 responses, books that have been written on parenting. Over 5,000. The first one on this list happens to be what the Bible says about parenting. And number two is the parenting Bible. That was number one and number two response on my search for Bible parenting. <coughs> then I used my Bible software and looked in the New Testament for New Testament parenting. Guess how many references I found? Three. Three references. One verse in Ephesians chapter 6. One verse in Colossians chapter 3, and then used it simply as an illustration in Hebrews chapter 12. Now, what do you take away from that? What do you learn? What do you realize about that? <coughs> well, here's one thing parenting is really, really easy to talk a whole lot about, right? But God didn't share a lot for us. He didn't tell you how to make the decisions you need to make as a parent. God didn't tell you how to, how to walk through every single door that you're going to approach. He didn't tell you exactly how to handle those difficult issues. He gave us very few commands about parenting. But I think it's important for us to see what they are. And really, in my mind, parenting is the place, because of the tea bag, see it through my window? Okay. Because of the tea bag, Parenting is one place that you get to live out the true meaning of Philippians 4.13. Now, this is a verse that people, you know, that have 
tattooed on their back and they hold it up at ball games and they, they put it on Facebook, but, but it's usually taken out of context, all right? And here's what, here's what it says. Paul writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when you see it in the context, here's what he means. I can live without. I can have everything taken away from me. I can lose it all. And I'm not going to give up on Christ because he's going to strengthen me. That's what it really means. It doesn't mean I can win that game. It doesn't mean I can climb that mountain. It doesn't, it isn't what it really means. It means I can lose it all. And because Christ is strengthening me, I will not leave Christ. Apply that to your parenting. No matter what may come, no matter what comes down the pike of your life, you will stay true to God and continue to trust him and continue to believe him. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 with me and let's see what God's instruction for us today is. As parents, as his children, remember that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So even if you are not a parent at this moment, still there's something here for you. It's used for training in righteousness. And so be taught from God's word today, regardless of where you are at. Verse number 4 of chapter 6 says this. Fathers... Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. All right, let's start at the beginning. One verse today, okay? That's it. That's all we've got. One verse today, and it starts out and says, fathers. Now, an automatic question that should come to your mind is, is this only a command? And it is a command. Is it a command given only to fathers? So all the ladies in the house, you get to walk out and leave? I mean, that's the question that we could ask. Now, in reality, the word here is a masculine Father, it is a father. It is not a father or a mother. Some translations will say here, fathers and mothers. But in reality, that's not what the Greek says. The Greek knows that Paul knew how to write down parents. If you don't believe that, he said it in verse number one. Children, obey your parents. Now that is the word used for a father and a mother. But in Ephesians chapter six, it's not that. It's pater, father. So what do we learn from this? I think when we, when we take this verse and put it in the context of what we've seen, particularly when you pull up to verse number 22, 23, 24, where the Holy Spirit has said that the husband is to lead his wife and his family. Because of that reason, I believe that mothers are brought under the umbrella of this father. Yes. But in a perfect situation, in the ideal situation, the true responsibility for what we're going to talk about lands chiefly on your shoulders, men. It does. Now, ladies, you're not off the hook, okay? But if you're a man here in the room, verse number four particularly applies to you. Now what about, what about the mothers in the room 
who you don't have a husband in this battle with you. Or maybe you do and he isn't really a partner in this process. I say, this then, you need to bring this into your life and apply this truth to you. So fathers, mothers, parents, yes, we're all included here. But to the husbands in the room, to the fathers in the room, you must feel the weight of this in a significant way. I have, even this week, thinking of standing here in front of you, it's a heavy, heavy load. But guys, I am ready to send you out into the battle. I'm ready to charge you, I want to say go, and we'll run into this with each other. Now let's see what it actually says. So fathers, first of all, it says, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now what we're, we're going to talk about here is, is really now, we see who this is for. It's primarily for fathers, but, but by application also to mothers and to the parenting unit. But we need to see here, this is a call to spirit-filled parenting. That's what this is. This is, this is the whole context of this argument in Ephesians goes all the way back to verse number 18 of chapter 5. That we are to be filled by the Spirit. This means to be controlled by the Spirit. So fathers, mothers, parents, we are to be controlled by God's Spirit even in our homes. So this isn't something we just do at church on Sundays or, or in ministry opportunities, but in all of our life, 24-7, 168 hours a week, we are to be filled by God's Spirit, controlled by God's Spirit. He is running our life. For To understand this, Paul says it's just like the effect of alcohol on somebody when they are under the influence of it. It affects everything they do. We are to be filled by God's Spirit. So this is Spirit-filled parenting. This is not principle parenting. This is not guilt-ridden parenting. This is not equation parenting. Do these steps and you have a promise. This is spirit-filled. And the first thing that the Spirit of God is kind of challenging us on is, is really a negative command. And it says, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, some of you may have a, if you're holding an NIV, okay, the New International Version, your translation says, do not exasperate your children. Now, that's an interesting word. I I like the word exasperate, okay? I I picture um, when I'm in sixth grade and I'm wrestling with Manuel Evans and he um, gets me in what's called a bear hug. You know this move? Okay, listen, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a move of affection, all right? It's not a hug. It's more bear than hug, if you know what I mean. And he wraps his arms around my middle and squeezes with all of his might. Remember that? You ever had that done to you? And you exasperate, all of your air comes out. Now, I love that term, but that's not really what it says here. That's not really what it says. Actually, what it says is, Do not provoke or prod or fan your children to anger. So fathers, be careful how you manage these children. Because you can fan a flame that will turn into a forest fire, is what the author here, what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us. And so it's it's warning us against something. 
The first thing that, that we need to see here is we're, we're being called as dads and as moms to do what we can to decrease the natural reaction that our children might have. And by natural, I mean sinful. The natural man. Because what we can recognize here is that fathers and mothers, we can fan the sinful reaction. You see, we need to work hard to, to help our children not be driven by emotion. That's what this word is. Do not provoke your children to anger. Really, it's a word that means emotion. It means an outburst of emotion. Ah! It can mean anger. It can mean sorrow. It's, it's a well up of emotion that explodes. So the first thing we're told here, dads and moms, is be careful that you're not provoking your children. Picture me trying to start a fire, and I'm fanning the flame because I want it to explode. The second thing we're trying to work on is that they aren't broken by our emotion. Keep your finger here and go to Colossians. Turn over one or two pages to Colossians chapter 3. It's a parallel passage. Same author. You'll, you'll recognize some common trends here. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 21. It says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children. Same concept, same idea, fan in the flame. Lest they become discouraged. Lest they become discouraged. Here's what that means. It means that we can bring our, just like we're trying to help our children not to respond in their emotion. Ah! Dads, moms, we must allow our emotion to be under the control of God's spirit as well. Because we can discourage and limit and really prevent our children from continuing on just by our reactions. Have you seen an angry father? I remember one time I was at, the, at a ball game, a soccer field. I was coaching. I'm not a good coach. Most of my teams were defeated. But I did a lot of it over the years. I was coaching. And there was one boy on our team, eight, nine years old. And... Oh, he wanted to please me so bad. I mean, if I'd have said, you know, run through flames, he'd have done it. He, he wanted my approval so bad. One day we're wrapping up practice and we're kind of walking towards where the cars were parked. And there's that little boy who just died for my attention. And out steps his father out of the car. And you could see his whole demeanor change. He's like, and he sees his dad. His shoulders drop. His head falls down. His arms come down. He walks over. Eight, nine years old. Can't kick a soccer ball. Can't dribble. I mean, none of them can, right? And dad now begins to berate him for what he should have done on the field, how he didn't do this, how... 
It's what he's always been telling him. You know, just the stuff that maybe your father might have said to you. And I saw that little boy in his countenance become discouraged. Okay, here's the point. I'm not trying to guilt you. But I am trying to say, when we're in our homes, when we're all together, 24-7, the doors are shut, there's nobody, we're not putting an act on for anybody. We're just being real now, right? Emotion is playing a part here. Emotion is all over the place. Children are emoting. They're exploding in anger. Dad and mom are emoting. They're tired. They're, they're anguished. They've got a lot on them. And you bring all this together in a great big pot and you spill it up. And what do you, you stir it up? And what do you got? You got a mess. You got an explosion. Be careful of emotion. Children in the room. Be careful of your emotion that you bring in your family. Keep it under the control of the Spirit of God. Dads and moms, be careful of your emotion when you come into this relationship. Don't allow it to to break its way into your home. Allow God's Spirit to be in control. That's really what's happening when Jesus says, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Parenting is the place where our emotion comes out. That's why we must be controlled by God's Spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can continue to parent, filled by God's Spirit, controlled by God as he strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live in my home with my parents, as limited as they may be, as as much of a past as we may have, I can be there and follow God's command. I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. Spirit-filled parenting looks like decreasing natural reactions, mine and theirs. But that's not all that looks like that goes on. Verse number four, let's read the whole thing again. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I do want to say one thing here. Right about now, 1135, you're getting a Facebook article if you're part of the Centerpoint Bible Church Facebook group. You know that? It's coming to your, coming to your box right now, okay? I want to say, I want to say something about this. Um, I forwarded an article to you. It's by a guy named Tim Chalice, and he's a, he's a great thinker in, in American Christianity today. And he talks through seven ways that we as parents often provoke our children to anger. I encourage you to read that. And be challenged by it. I think I gave you the list on the worship notes possibly. Okay. So look those over. Read the article. If you're not part of the Centerpoint Facebook group. You should be. Okay. But find that and, and be challenged by it. But let's move on to verse number four. Or the end of verse number four. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now I want to say first of all. That, that Paul's words here to fathers. In this culture would have been practically unheard of. You see, in the Roman world that Paul was writing into, in this city of Ephesus, which was a major sort of city of the Roman culture, there was a rule that was, it was, it was, a, it was a rule of the land that everybody lived by. It was called the power of the father. It was a Latin word, Latin two words that mean power of the father. Let me explain it to you. I'm going to read here a quote for you about the power of the father. And, and I want you to realize that what Paul is getting ready to say here to dads was counterculture. 
This is flowing against the thought of the day. Okay? Let me read to you about the power of the Father. In Paul's day, especially in pagan strongholds as Ephesus, most families were in shambles, and mutual love among family members was almost unheard of. A father's love for his children would have been hard to even imagine. By the Roman law, the power of the father, a father had virtual life and death power, not only over his slaves, but over his entire household. He could cast any of them out of the house, sell them as slaves, or even kill them as a father. This is called the power of the father. The father, just by declaration, could send his child into slavery, could punish them in any way he wanted to, or even take their life. And he was accountable to no one. A newborn child was placed at its father's feet to determine its fate. If the father picked it up, the child was allowed to stay in the home. If the father walked away, it was simply disposed of. Much as aborted babies are today, these infants were discarded. They were healthy and vigorous. They were often collected and taken each night into town form where they'd be picked up and raised as slaves or prostitutes. Now that's the world that Paul is writing into. The power of the Father. So can you imagine when when this letter was read the first time in Ephesus, and first you hear, Father, don't provoke your children to anger. You're like, yeah, right. I'm not too worried about that. Power of the Father. But that's not enough. Being led by the Spirit in your home. It's, it's not a line not to cross. That's not what we're given here. That's not all that we're given. We're now going to be given a call to action. It now goes into the positive realm. And it says this. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And my challenge here for parents is to increase your godly influence. Increase your godly influence in three ways today. First of all, the leadership of correction. Let's see that. Bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. Now, this word discipline is a coaching word. It's a coaching word. It means to train someone according to the proper rules or conduct or behavior. It's the training. It was also used for the training and the care of the body. So I want you to imagine the athlete now or the weightlifter, the person out there on the team. And they're being disciplined so that they can operate on the field of life or on the field of the game in a more effective way. So Paul here says that fathers are being called to discipline their children. Now this is a corrective word. It does mean to correct. But the way this, way this, this picture is played out in, in, the, in the mind of the day... The child is moving along, okay, and they drift over this way, and to discipline means to bring them over back on the right path. And they continue, and they maybe, they're now steering this direction, so you bring them over a little bit this way. And and this can look like a lot of different things. It it can look like consequences, it can look like timeouts, it can look like a spanking when the child is little. 
But the point is here, fathers, mothers, we're to be involved in our children's lives. So we see what's happening and we try like a coach, like a trainer, to move them back in the direction that God intends. Now this word is used, go to 2 Timothy with me, because I want you to see this, it's important for us. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 24. Here Paul is writing to a pastor named Timothy, helping him to know how to pastor, how to, do his, his, how to fulfill his calling as a pastor. And verse number 24, Paul says this to Timothy, the same author of Ephesians. He says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. That's our word. That's our word discipline. Correcting opponents with gentleness. So fathers and mothers, we got to be there to help guide along the way in a way that doesn't provoke to emotional response, but invest in life and helps keep on the path that God intended. A couple things to keep in mind. A few things I want, to, I want us to, to just consider. This is now just little extra pieces, okay? This is like the 5,000 extra books in Amazon, okay? So take or leave this, all right? Remember this, that improper behavior is not the biggest deal. We're not trying to produce good children. We're trying to allow God to work us that, through us that our children would have a God-pleasing heart. It's not about behavior. It's about heart. Now, this is difficult, I know. Our emotion comes in when the behavior is going on. And we're, our emotion now wells up. But we need to not respond to our emotion be filled by God's spirit. Be more concerned with the heart than behavior. Second is this. As your children get older, allow the natural consequences to have their effect. Don't rescue them. Let them reap. Let them reap. Something we've told our kids for years, and I think it kind of makes them mad. Um, but, oh well, it's the truth. We pray that if they're doing wrong, that they'll get caught. And caught early. And it's amazing to me the way God has answered that prayer. It's just amazing. We pray that if they do wrong, they get caught and get caught early. Now Why? Because the earlier those natural consequences come in, the less damaging the results. So be careful, parents. Be careful that you don't swoop in. That you don't swoop in. And through the power of your personality or the power of your position or the power of your purse, because you got money and you got power and you got influence, that you keep the natural consequence from coming into their lives. 
That's what God will use, particularly as they get older. Now listen, when they're little, man, I'm telling you, we were involved, all right? But as they get older, the natural consequences will will have their effect. So the first thing is the leadership of correction. Let's go to the next part here. It says, we're in Ephesians 6, bring them up. And the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, this word instruction is something very, very different. Okay? It's a different word. It's a more proactive word. The discipline word is a reactive word. The discipline is, I see the problem, so I step in. Or I see the problem, and I allow consequences to come their way. But the second word, instruction, is a proactive word. This is a word that happens before the event. Okay? Let me put it in context for you here. Paul uses this word in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You don't need to go there. Just listen to it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul, when he talks about the Old Testament and what happened to the nation of Israel, he said, these things happened to Israel and they were written down for our instruction. That's this word. So what, this, what Paul now is calling us to is proactively speaking into our children's lives and giving them counsel and directive before the moment rises. Before the event is here, we are to be instructing. This word means it, it, it really it has the idea of being concerned with the individual. My heart is moved towards this person. So I am willing to confront. I'm willing to step in and have the hard conversation because I want to see change. Three C's are part of this instruction word. Concern, confront, and change. Because I love my child. I see this direction in their life. So I go ahead and step in. Now, children who are in the room, remember that we said last week, you are under the authority of your, of your parents. That means it's you. This is for when it says children obey your parents, it's the word offspring. Now listen, teenagers, everybody look at me, okay? You looking at me? I, I'm looking at you. You looking at me? Okay? Bring a heart to your family, to your parents that says, speak into my heart. Give me instruction. I need it. I I, I want it. You are the person God has placed in my life. Okay? You're You're the one. I'm looking at God, but you're the person. So speak into my life. Have a heart that says, I will open up the window and allow you to speak into me. This is God's plan for our homes. There's not much in the Bible written about your home. Very little, quite honestly. This is it. Have a heart that says, speak, speak. trying to decide here, where, what am I going to cut out? A few things to keep in mind. So these are the extra pieces, okay? For those of you who have little children, for those of you who have the, the little ones, okay, can I encourage you towards something you need to work with your kids on? 
And, I, and my wife and I always use this term. It's not original with us. You've probably heard people say it before. But work towards first-time obedience. That's a goal for you as parents, as young parents. Work with your children that they will learn to obey you the first time. First-time obedience. Instruct them in that. Okay? Now, I, I don't mean to disrespect your children, but we did it just like we did a dog. Okay? We would literally stand in our living room and we'd say, Jacob, come here. And if he came the first time, I mean, we rewarded him like crazy. You know, feed him the chocolate, right? <laughs> Teaching first-time obedience. You're getting another article right now. Actually, it's 11.45 um, by John Piper. And in this, in this article, he talks about that he's on a plane. And he says, I'm watching right now a mother training her son to be shot by the police. It was right after one of these horrible situations where there's a police shooting with a teenager and it just, you know, it just wrecks our whole country. And Piper says, I, I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't have any idea what happened that day in Minneapolis. I don't know. But I'm watching a mother right now train her child to be shot by the police. And he goes on to explain what it is as she was doing this. Little Johnny, put down that drink. He doesn't put it down. Put down that drink, Johnny. Johnny, I'm going to count the three. One, Johnny, put it down. Two, put it down, Johnny. Three, Johnny, I got the three. You know I'll go to five. And Piper says, she's training her child to be shot by police. When they bust through the door, right or wrong, and they say, drop the weapon. First time obedience. There's a lot of people here with little children. Work in that direction. Listen, it's a lot easier now than when they're 16. First time obedience. Work in that direction. And it changes with time. Parenting changes with time. 79 years of it, okay? And I can't tell you it gets easier. It doesn't get easier, but it gets different. And the hard part, listen, I'll tell you the hard part. Here's the hard part of parenting. It's keeping on, keeping on. It's not giving up. It's being faithful and getting up one more day and trying again. That's the hard part. Listen, I could write books about ideas on parenting. But the hard part is the grit to keep going. It's the grit to keep going. The grit to keep trusting. It's what the Bible calls faithfulness. One more point, and this one's got to be quick, so you better listen fast, because this was really the one I was most looking forward to. Of the Lord. Bring them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. Listen, guys, particularly, particularly the men in the room. Anybody can coach soccer. Seriously, I did. I never played soccer in my life. And you know what the truth is? I actually did, win. I actually did coach a championship team one year. Seven-year-olds, but it still counts, okay? <laughs> Anybody can coach soccer. Anybody 
can coach football. Anybody can teach piano. Anybody can teach ballet. Well, maybe not. But only you can be the parent of your children. You're the only one. I find it so interesting here that Paul says, of the Lord. And I think of the number of dads and the number of moms who are teaching their kids so many other things. They're great ball players. They're great budgeters. They're great cleaners. They're great cooks. They're so organized. But we're called here to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Direct them. The leadership of direction. So you're choosing where to invest your heart and your energy. Listen, I'll tell you, parenting, it doesn't get easier. But your influence, it does get less. So take advantage of the moment that you have now. Take advantage. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, my heart is heavy with this topic because I've seen and experienced the pain that can be done with the topic of parenting. And I trust, Lord, that you use your word and you use people's even attendance here today. Lord, help us to keep trusting you Keep believing and work through us, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.